1: We actually have a few news items to get to today on the show. We also talk some mono league strategy ahead of AL Labor tonight. Hope you'll join us on the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Winbet. I'm Clay Link here with Todd Zola of Rotowire and Masters Ball. Always great to be sharing the airwaves with the FSWA Hall of Famer. And Todd, you know, we actually did get a few bits of, of sparse news, so we'll make our way through that.
2: Enlighten me, my friend. Enlighten me. I haven't looked yet.
1: Yeah, nothing too big, but uh Maybe the biggest is that Mike Trout will be a full participant whenever spring training begins. So this has been the hope. But uh, Mike DiGiovanna of the Los Angeles Times reporting that Trout will indeed be a full participant. Uh, just we haven't known what's been going on with him really since that injury first came up. It was a calf strain, and it just kept lingering and lingering. So you know it's been very much up in the air his health, but. At least we have a report now that it will be restriction-free. That's, that's a good sign for Mike Trout.
2: Right. Now, I mean, I think everybody was assuming that was the case, but it's always nice to hear the corroboration. Right, yeah.
1: I mean, we just, throughout all of last year, we had no idea about his progress. And so I think that left a lot of people wondering if he could maybe be limited or miss even time this right. year.
2: Yeah, and there's other players out there that we sure would like to know about officially, mm-hmm. but due to the radio silence, due to the, uh, the, the, the the L word, if you will, we just don't know. And man, there's going to be a rush of news, knock on wood, sooner than later, but we're going to be hearing all sorts of things.
1: Yeah, another guy who provided the update himself uh, on Twitter, Shane Bieber, Kind of a similar note in that he's just a hundred percent. He's, he claims he's been hundred percent for a while now. So that just kind of eases concerns. He did return late last year, unlike trout, but Bieber only threw uh, three innings in his final two outings. Right. And his final outing, he faced 13 batters, only had one strikeout. So there were some lingering questions heading into the offseason. season. Do you feel better about drafting Bieber now, or are you still a little concerned about no. his shoulder?
2: Not no. at the price at okay. the price. No, um, You know, if if it's an auction and the price falls for whatever reason, maybe. But at the current price, no. There's there's too many other. I mean, is any pitcher safe? I don't know, but I think it's taking on too much risk.
1: I think that's probably true. I mean, he was great before, and really, I hadn't seen command that good, maybe ever. Like that guy could just put it wherever he wants it on a dime, but it, it. I mentioned he came back really his entire second half was wiped out aside from those two brief outings at the very end.
2: Now the, uh, the, the the flip side of that argument is if he was healthy, he'd be a first or second rounder. True. So there is a discount. So now my counter to that is you kind of just alluded to it. How many innings is he going to throw? Mm-hmm. All right. Now we have to bring the L word back in. If the season is, uh, truncated by months and not days or weeks i you know there's you know, maybe you take a chance a little bit more of a chance on Shane Bieber, but as assuming hundred and sixty two I'd rather in that range there's you know Logan Webb and the guys I've been landing on kevin gaussman and 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 uh Freddy Peralta uh, I'd rather go with them, yeah, I hear you i.
1: You know, I feel a little bit better about him just hearing that he's been 100% for a while, but, uh, man, just haven't seen that elite Shane Bieber in a long time now since the injury first cropped up. It's hard to spend that valuable of a pick on him, at least it has been for me so far. Things could change if I see him on a, you know, Cactus League mound. He's looking great, but right now I think the the price is uh, a bit too high on Shane Bieber Another injury note we had, Max Muncie making incremental progress. He said on a podcast that he's getting closer to swinging a bat. He has a chance to be ready for the start of the season. We found out from the horse's mouth last year that he uh, actually had a torn UCL. So uh, that's a serious injury. He is a first baseman, so he doesn't have to do a lot of throwing, which is nice. But uh, still up in the air as to his status for opening day.
2: And there's a DH in the National League, and – Knock on wood that they don't go, they go, don't go back on that in the negotiations. And someone like Edwin Rios can take over at first. They've got some opportunity. They've got some, some fill-ins. Yeah, Muncie has been way high up on my spreadsheets, my cheat sheets, in a few of these drafts that we've been doing. And this falls. No, yeah, well, and, and and I, I, you know, all right, maybe I'm overprojected, so I'll drop him thirty at bats. So, oh, he's still overprojected. We don't, we just don't know, and it, we still don't know, and. I didn't take the chance on him because it was just so it was so up in the air. I just finally dropped the plate appearances down to one around where he's being drafted. That might be too low. We'll see. But it, you know, then there's the whole he had such a poor season and he bounced in, in the pandemic year. Then he bounced back. What what is his baseline? But you mentioned first base. He still has second base eligibility, right?
1: Yeah, one B two B is pretty darn nice. That yeah, you know, with the util spot, that means he fills up five different spots on your act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kid's capable of filling those. Yeah, it's yeah. I did end up with him in one draft because he he fell, but uh, the past few I have not taken Muncy. But if he's if he ends up being ready for the start of the year, which you know he's not closing the door on that yet, he could end up being one of the the better bargains. Yeah, in drafts right now, Max Muncy.
2: Look, I think I do have him in a best ball, which I think is the perfect place to take yeah, him. That's at this the ideal spot to uh, get months. You know, with the with the, with the the injury, etc. So,
1: yeah, we'll see. You mentioned that his 2020 was a down year. But in terms of Fangraph's war, he's been right around five each of the last three full seasons. Right. Pretty amazing story for a guy who was, you know, fizzled out with – Oakland didn't appear in the majors at all in 2017. I think he was at AAA the entire year. And what a find by the Dodgers, and what a success story for their development team. I mean, you got to give the Dodgers and their coaching staff a lot of credit on on Max Muncy.
2: Yeah, they look for they look for players that don't chase, and they've got a certain profile of players that they like. And he, he clicked into it. He fit into it. Isn't there a isn't there a Max Muncy younger Max Muncy on Oakland right now? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, not related yeah. either. No, right, yeah. Uh, I guess Max good. Muncy sounds like a good, you know, last maximum, name
1: Muncy. Yeah. Maximum Muncy. Yeah. I, I really like the player. and I mean, the Ks have been manageable. The walk rate's sky high. If you get him an yeah. OBP OVP league, he's great. So, yeah, we'll continue to monitor his progress. But if he is uh, able to go, he could end up being a huge value right now. Uh, Another guy who we've been waiting on, Seiya Suzuki. He made it clear earlier this week that he's still looking to move to the majors this year. So he's still looking to come stateside. Uh, The the quote from his agent was, Seiya is 100% committed to playing in MLB this year. He's shown remarkable patience and resolve. So uh, I thought maybe he'd end up with the Red Sox. Apparently the list of suitors is down to the Cubs, Giants, Padres, Mariners. Who knows? There will be others dabbling in once uh, teams are officially able to make their bids on this guy. But uh, good to know he's still coming and another guy who could end up being a, a huge bargain, but just a great unknown right
2: now. Right. Doesn't it reading really between the lines? I mean, you, they, they, there was some negotiation before the, before the shutdown. Oh, it just, it, I think what I'm reading it as, I'm confident that I'm going to get the contract with the team and the money that I want. There was a, there was enough discussion with somebody that he's confident that he's going to get what he wants.
1: He's not turned off by this whole lockout.
2: Well, that that as well. And, and, yeah. and the other end of it is he's confident that there'll be enough baseball to be played. But it sounds like I mean, if there was any hesitation, oh, maybe I'm not going you know, to. I think he's confident, and he, I'll bet he signs pretty quickly. We've seen some of
1: those guys who make the jump from from overseas ball really struggle lately. Haseong Kim. Shogo Akiyama, but uh, I think you push those out of your minds and you, you start fresh because Suzuki has a lot of potential. It doesn't run a ton, but in 2019 he stole 25 bags, just nine last year in 15, uh, uh, 13 attempts. So he's got a little speed, but um, a career high of 25. You can't really expect anything close
2: to that, right? You can put Tatsugo in that cloud, Yoshi Tatsugo in that as well. Yeah, that's true. To me, there's two there's two uh, two reasons why I'm not concerned. The first is age; he's a little bit younger, and the second being the, the the three that you mentioned, well, two that you mentioned, one that I added, all came over during the pandemic, and it's already tough enough
1: yeah, to make I mean, what, what an uphill battle,
2: yeah. right? You get family, however many thousand miles away it is, et cetera. So. Um, is that a rationalization and excuse, or you know, or an actual reason? I don't know, but I'm not, I'm not discounting, say, a Suzuki, Suzuki, because of the, the three recent uh, players that have come over from uh, the Korean and the Japanese leagues.
1: Yeah, I hear you there. I uh, I look at the numbers. It's so hard to know, especially given the recent examples, how to. Yeah, how to translate what the equivalencies are to the highest level of baseball. But 317 last year, 433 on base, 636, 38 homers. Uh that looks pretty darn nice. So maybe I, I haven't been shut out on Suzuki, but maybe I need to just step it up and get a little aggressive on this guy because I think Vlad Sedler's been been pumping them and yeah, you usually like to be on the side of Vlad Sedler on these takes.
2: Yeah, Tim our friend Tim McLeod as well has been yeah. on him. So yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, Tim McLeod knows what the heck he's doing. He's so good with the the overseas players. And yep. He's a guy who's also pumping Robert Suarez. Watch out for, for Robert Suarez. You've been taking him in all the drafts I've done with you and really getting under my skin, Todd. Uh, But I really – I was telling Jeff Erickson earlier this week that I feel like all the Ks for Robert Torres haven't really been there or weren't there overseas. He only averaged about a strikeout per inning. I feel like that fastball changeup combo will translate pretty well and may end up translating to to more strikeouts than most people think.
2: Um, I know he's a starter, but uh, Ken Maeda did not strike out as many batters. True. In the uh, overseas and came over here and it just threw the roof. So I think you're right, and I think the Padres do a good job with their relievers. So I, I'm i not counting on Suarez in any league. It's more of a – I don't want to call it a luxury item either. It's more of a, a hope and, a, you know – Dark so, throw. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an, an educated dark throw, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's not as if I'm taking him as my second closer and saying, all right, I have 60 saves. But I take him amongst a group of closers – and I hope two of these four land a job, and I hope he's one of them. Things like that.
1: Yeah, if you don't know who Robert Suarez is, you can be forgiven because he hasn't actually thrown a pitch in the states. He, he pitched one year in the Mexican League, Mexican. and then he's been uh, five seasons in Japan since. So, uh, but has emerged as a as a viable closer. Did over in Japan. We'll see if he can close games in the majors or if the Padres want him to. But I feel like, man, I feel like he's probably the front runner right now. Uh, for that job in san diego
2: i feel like he will be given an opportunity right yeah. there'll be an open competition i mean they're talking about you know what do you need spring training for i mean that's one of the that's there's certain there's certain situations where it's going to be important and that's that's one and you have to keep in mind that bob melvin's there now so it's not
1: like you know he's coming in with a guy with a leg up on the roll i mean it should be a blank slate right with Melvin.
2: Well, okay, so let's go. I mean, we, we do this so many times with you know other podcasts, etc. Uh I'm not I'm not a Drew Pomeranz guy, right? Just gets okay. hurt too much. And you know, I to me I'm not gonna count on him to be the closer. There's still Pagan, right? Yeah, Emilio Pagan, Louis Pierce Johnson, Pierce Louis Johnson. Charles, yeah. yeah, so I think Pierce Johnson is sort of the people are putting it on him, but I don't I don't see it. I think I think mean, Louis Garcia is another guy to, to keep in mind, but I, I think you're right in that Suarez and it may, you know what? We may not even know it because the, the competition may extend into this, into the season.
1: Yeah. So Yeah. Good same. point. It could be a kind of an extended audition into the regular yeah. season. Yeah. That would make sense. I do kind of like Pagan, but I feel like with his experience, granted it was a major league experience, but uh, I still feel like, you know, once Melvin knows of his uh, track record, he'll he'll value that track record yep. closing games and, Probably may view Suarez as this guy to start. We'll see, but I love that dart throw and an educated dart throw, as you said. (laughs) A couple other news items, real quick. Uh, Anthony Rendon remains on track. Should be a full go once the lockout ends. That's good to hear because his 2021 season was marred by injuries, hamstring in particular. uh, Needed surgery on that hamstring, so good to hear Rendon's doing well. He kept falling, falling in my TGFBI draft. I thought about him, but I ended up going elsewhere, and it just feels like, you know, suddenly I guess you look at the projection systems too. It suddenly seems like Anthony Rendon's – like the baseline for him is plummeted.
2: I've got a lot of him early because he was falling, and all right, I'll take the third baseman, is my third baseman, and I'll back him up with a Leo Sirius or Joey Wendell or something like that. But lately I've been getting Ramirez or Manny Machado, Uh, Raphael Devers early, so I haven't had you know. Then I'm kind of you know you know sigh when someone gets Rendon at what I consider to be a big discount. He's interesting in that he was he's thought of as a power hitter, but he's really not a power hitter. And he he really really benefited from we joked about it before the happy fun ball in 2019. He's one of those guys where his average fly ball distance really was. Was was buoyed by that five or six extra feet, where if you add the five or six extra feet, it's not the the number of home runs isn't proportional within that five or six extra feet. You know, there's a logarithmic or whatever whatever the the the, the formula would be. So he really benefited, but he still you know hits for high average, has enough power in a, a decent top of the lineup anyway out there in in, in uh, Anaheim, if you will. So. I like Rendon. I do think you need to back him up. Maybe have your and, and it's hard so hard to do because third base is so weak. But you maybe maybe you take a Luis Urias as your middle infielder. Therefore you have somebody to slide over. That's why I said Wendell and I Suarez and Gio Ursula, depending on how far how deep you want to get. These are all third base eligible players that are eligible somewhere else that can help.
1: I was kind of taken aback when I saw how low the projection systems were on Rendon generally, but I, I think you mentioned the 2019. I think maybe that was weighing a little bit more in my head because he had 34 home runs that year, but he's topped out at 25 in his other seasons and doesn't run much. He has been at least 40% above league average by WRC+. plus. Uh, he was each of the prior four years until last year, so still a good hitter, but um, now 31 and turns 32 this summer. It seems like, you know, just with a, a new baseball in play that uh, he's not anywhere close to being that that guy we saw a few years ago and shouldn't expect him to be. But he could still be a good player in the team context. That's great. He's going to be batting behind Otani and Trout. So maybe I'm kind of talking myself back into Rendon here.
2: You just have to – exactly. You just have to have a, an escape plan at third base, which is Trout, which is tough to do. Absolutely. Well, real quick, before we move
1: on, we have to take a quick break. So a word from our sponsors. Hope you'll stick with us here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform
1: And now we are back on the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by WinBet, Clay Link, and Todd Zola. One other news item I just wanted to throw at you, and you probably saw this on Twitter. Uh, I think it was our buddy Craig Mitch who first mentioned it, but Sixto Sanchez, more shoulder trouble. So uh, probably not going to be back before midseason. That, according to John Heyman of MLB Network and the follow-up. I think it was clarified that, it's not a new injury or a, a, a separate injury, but just slower going than in uh, his recovery from shoulder surgery than expected. So it sounds like six, though, essentially uh, a guy you cross off your board, even in those draft and holds, I would say, because when he yeah. comes back, who knows what you're getting.
2: Right. You, you know, you're going to wonder, you know, it's more wondering at this point it doesn't matter, but. You know, did the lack of being able to work with the team and and their facilities slow down the recovery or is he working with doctors and has everything he needs? Again, it doesn't matter. It's just one of those things you think of is this, you know, collateral damage to this whole scenario. But if it raises up Edward Cabrera a little bit, you know, maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the good news is is now we have a little bit clearer path for Edward Cabrera to find himself a spot in a nice fledgling rotation. And we're already hoping for Jesus Lazardo to, you know, to come back and they've got some solid uh, guys at the top anyway. So yeah, Cabrera to me is now a, if he was a 45th rounder, he's now a 35th rounder and maybe even higher in a DC.
1: And then finally on this end, uh, Jamison Tyone. Sounds like he's doing pretty well. He had ankle surgery at the end of October But he's throwing, and uh, his teammate Luke Voigt said Monday that the right-handers looked good in his recent throwing session. So you wouldn't expect a teammate to say anything else. But uh, it's still good to hear that he's doing well and building up. Uh, Kind of a forgotten man. I I haven't thought much about Jamison Tyone this draft season. Should I be
2: giving him some mind? I think so. And I I think there was a positive report a, a little bit earlier on him.
1: Yeah, but that report didn't seem like maybe he wouldn't be ready for the start of the year, but maybe some point in April.
2: Right. To me, that was positive enough that he now became a target in these draft champions, et cetera, or even a reserve in a a fab league. So I'm kind of glad I got a few pieces of Tyone already because I think, well, this news, he jumps up even to the next. Now, there's still the Yankee stigma, which is sort of really shouldn't be because Yankee Stadium is a – Know, it don't cancel me folks because it's true it's a pitcher's park it's a home run park but it's a pitcher's park and i think you know tyrone with his ground ball ways though did didn't he have one year where the maybe it was even last year where the where the fly balls just jumped up and i'm just assuming he goes back to being a ground ball guy but um i i'm on it i i you know i i think that the, the run some support etc uh i'm on on tyrone yeah so last year 33% ground ball rate whereas it was in the high 40s in the rest of his career so we're just going to I'm going to write that off as just just a, just a blip and assume he goes back to the uh reducing home runways
1: just while we're on the topic of the Yankees rotation I want to say we had John Legeza from the athletic at MLB moving averages on Twitter he was on the XM show with us earlier today James and I were talking with him about Jordan Montgomery and he kind oh. of he kind of sold me on Montgomery. I got to say, I wasn't really in on him, but you go back check it out on demand if for John's full argument in favor of Montgomery, uh, and he could make that argument better than I can. Uh, but uh, he he did a good sell job, and I'm thinking maybe I need to, to prioritize Jordan Montgomery in future drafts.
2: I'm doing a quick search. I I either wrote it. I uh, I think I may have wrote written it for either us or for ESPN, the, the the profile, and I was on him ever since. No, I would not have mentioned Jimmy Key. So uh, someone else wrote it for <laughs> Roto-Wire. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I'm on him, and, and I'm not scared. Maybe it was even even the profile I wrote for my own site. I'm not scared. I think he's got what it takes to defeat or to, to stay competitive in the AL East. I did not hear John's interview. I'm going to go back and, and catch that. Yeah, he did a good job, and he's obviously a, a New he, was York in guy, so... he was in my old spot. He He was in my old spot.
1: Yeah, he he did a good job uh, making the case for Jordan Montgomery. and Montgomery's a funny case because he's, he's a junk baller kind of. The changeup and curveball are the two pitches he throws most, but then he does throw a sinker and a fastball. Just a a lot of pitches he's willing to throw to the opposition, and uh, right. when he's able to kind of work
2: backward in a sense, that's pretty nice. And I, I the the splits the splits didn't scare me. Matter of fact, I, I may have even been encouraged by the splits. So I think he is definitely again. There's a yank. There's a stigma about Yankee Stadium, and a lot of these pitchers get downgraded, and I don't think they should. And he's kind of one of those guys where Montgomery, where he is in the rankings, is it's I think that you know Ty used to go to NL. I think I think you can now flip it to the AL. Um, my last sentence, I, I now have the profile, some may still shy away from with Montgomery toiling in the tough at least. and they use, as you kind of alluded to, but the Southpaw has the secondaries to keep hitters, hitters off balance, so don't be afraid to invest. Um, I like so, it. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, I don't know what's so much interesting, but, I mean, he, his innings were not tempered as much as maybe they you'd think they'd be after pitching so, such a little amount the previous few seasons. Uh, I can hear I can hear I, I don't I don't do an Jason Collette imitation, but I can hear him now saying uh, he likes pitchers that are you know this extra year removed from TJS. Yeah. And Montgomery now fills that bill. Yeah, his walk rate jumped up last year. It was
1: only four point seven percent in 2020. Um, and I believe that was he he was just coming back that year from Tommy John.
2: Yeah. Yeah
1: yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So then you do expect some struggles for a yeah. full year back.
2: The changeup and curve both have a swinging strike rate north of 20%. That's mm. pretty good.
1: Yeah, and uh, I didn't know that about Yankee Stadium. I still have that misconception in my head that it's a big-time hitter's park. And as you said, for home runs, it still buoys them, but suppresses runs, huh? That's interesting. Yep, yep. I did not know that about Yankee Stadium. Well, let's uh shift our – conversation to mono leagues a little bit and I just think you know ahead of labor tonight which you and Jason and James Anderson are going to be in among many others star-studded cast uh, Ian Kahn defending his title this year Uh, I'm excited to see and and listen to that broadcast on on Sirius uh, Sirius XM radio but in mono leagues just very generally how does your strategy shift if at all going from all these mixed leagues
2: you're doing to
1: AL or NL.
2: Well, I only draft players in the AL is the main difference. <laughs> no, I I'm, I'm, I'm actually, actually doing this, Yeah, I'm actually going to be and I, I can say this now uh two and a half hours and change in advance. We'll see if I stick to it. I don't know. Um, but I have been to me I, I play the middle game. It's 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 a you know salary cap draft and auction so, you know, I think everybody in a mixed league knows you, you spend and then you can get your $1, $2 guys at the end because of the field and, and in in an only league. There are some that go out and spend and then there are some that play the middle. And I've always been a middle guy and it just hasn't worked for me the past few years. It might be just I picked bad players, uh, but I'm going to switch it up a bit. And I'm going I am saying this now again, hold me to it. I'm going to be more aggressive at the top. I'm looking at the. I put a rough estimate of dollar amounts that I'm willing to spend per position. And I, my hitters, I have a 40, 30, 30 and a 20. So that's mm. far more aggressive. Me, this is my mixed league, uh, roadmap but I never spent $40 in a mixed league. So it, we'll see. But the, the irony is, I don't know if the irony is the right word, but I, this is how I used to approach it. When I won three NL only NFBC uh, leagues, Back when I was participating in them, I'd walk in with a hundred dollars for three players, and I, you know, Brandon Phillips and trying to remember. I uh, that one year I just remembered who the three guys were. I'm getting these three guys, and in that I'm just going to get them. Uh, hmm. But I, I'm kind of going to try to go back. I could. I still have plenty of spots to play the middle game, Yeah. where if I feel I'm good at money management, which I feel I am, you just got to start- avoid too many one dollar guys. Yeah, but on labor, this is a know-thy-rules thing. In labor, you, uh, you, you can't bench a guy unless he's hurt or sent to the minors. You have to outright release him. So playing this middle game, I would find that some of the players that were available on Fab, I didn't feel they were worth replacing my $5 or $6 guy. And some of them would pop, and I would miss out on them. If I'm if I have a couple of one and two and two, if I several one and two dollar guys, I think it would free me up to say, well, I like this. I like this guy that emerged more than my one dollar end game player, so I'll be willing to drop him. So I think yeah. know the rules, and I, I'm going to try that. I, that again, I've got a one one two two. I've got four players for $6 on my offense and they may be catchers or they may not be catchers. We'll have to, we'll have to see how it goes, but um, you know, they sort of have to keep that in mind. If we, do you do want to get, do you want to get labor specific? Sure. We uh, can. Yeah,
1: let's talk. Because of
2: the, because of the uh, uncertainty about all the free agents, Steve Gardner who runs labor uh, had to come up with a decision on how to handle them. Normally, they're available in the auction. And if they sign in the other league, you lose them. Yeah, so, uh, you're you're yeah. done. You lose them. And, of course, it's usually far fewer. There's usually a handful. Um, and it's it's you know not, not as big of a deal. Now, it's there's a ton, obviously. So what Steve has done, he came up with a list of the 12 top free agents using the NFBC ADP, and these 12 players are ineligible to be nominated in both the AL and the NL. And they are Freddie Freeman, Trevor Story, Nick Castellanos, Kenley Jensen, Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa, Kyle Schwarber, Carlos Radon, Eddie Rosario, Nelson Cruz, Anthony Rizzo, and Clayton Kershaw. So we cannot draft these players tonight slash Sunday night when the NL goes. Now, once once the season begins, there's going to be a separate fab period for just the only players that's you know whichever of these twelve guys signed in the AL, there's going to be a, 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 an individual fab period for just those players and one for the NL. So you know we can you can take if you have a strong feeling that Fred Freeman's going to go back to the Braves, or if he doesn't, he's going to go to the Dodgers, and in other words, he'll be in the NL. Some of the NL may just take a a scrubby first baseman and just plan going all in on Freddie Freeman during the FAB period. Uh,
1: Yeah, that definitely adds a new wrinkle. Yeah. Because of of the ways I played uh, recently.
2: Yeah. I mean, I understand where Steve's coming from now. Tout Wars, what we've done is we've said – We were not, you know, we were hoping full disclosure that it wouldn't matter, (laughs) but it's going to matter. Tell Mm -hmm. wars is in two weeks. We're saying you draft him, and we're going to program the site. So if you draft Carlos Correa in AL only, and he signs with the uh, Cubs, well, he's not going to sign. Whatever signs in the NL, you are going to get his stats. We're going to. I like that. So I mean, it's different, but you know, we 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 got to do something again. Maybe you know, maybe in two weeks it doesn't matter. We don't know, but we just feel that it, first of all, it's different than what Steve did, and we, we, we like that. We they give people two different, if you're not able to delay your league until we know what's going on, some people have to do drafts earlier for whatever reason, we, now there are two different th- you know, thought processes that you can look at, look at the prices, look at the builds, and see which you liked better for your league. So that was one reason why Touch Wars did it. And in my head, you know, trying to think of how it's going to affect prices, I think it'll affect prices a little bit, a little bit less uh, in the tout way. So in other words, you know, the prices will be a little more parallel. So it's just a guess. I don't know. But, I mean, it still leaves. uh, Steve didn't give a a complete list, but Jorge Soler, Michael Conforto, Tommy Pham, you know, these are $20 players, Mm -hmm. you know. Especially if uh, yeah, I
1: mean, depending on where they sign, I mean, some of those guys could be going a lot th- higher than
2: that. And I think I have to go back and read it before tonight. But I think Suzuki is just we mentioned before. Say Suzuki, I think he's just not eligible in anything. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is, but um, or maybe he fell right out Maybe he fell right outside and he is eligible. Again, I need to check. But,
1: That'll um, be one to check
2: up on for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm just gonna not going to. Suzuki I'm, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm, I'm a wimp. I'm just not going to nominate anybody like this, <laughs> and let someone else get scolded by Steve for doing so. <laughs> um, scolded
1: by Steve is not so bad because he's like you the know, guy the
2: if you, if you get scolded by Steve, you've done, you've done messed or, up. Yeah, you. And although, I mean, I say that, but he, 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 he has a heavy hand, in, as he should in the labor leagues and uh, you know you can't you can't i mean in your own league no funny business going you, 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 in your own in, in a league where it's just you know 12 people 15 people you can i don't want to say bend the rules but you can you know there, there's there you can wiggle this wiggle room when you're you know running in the same intel voice we you know what's we we can't we can't give someone a break in one league because someone in another league will hear about it and you know what's good for the goose is good for the gander you have to run with an iron fist is the word i was looking for so mm-hmm. Steve, you know, if someone were to drop a player accidentally and, and if you write, if you right away, if you call them or email, say, Steve, I inadvertently dropped this guy, you, you flip it. You, you know, you do it four or five days later. No, I'm, you know, but we're in a home league. And well, all right. You had to do this. And all right. You had to, you know, this this issue came up. You may make an exception. You can't do that in Towton labor.
1: Yeah, he really runs things well. And let's just take a moment to give it up for all our fantasy commissioners. It's a thankless job, and man, they—you know—without them, we wouldn't have have these leagues. So, thank your commissioner. Be kind to them. Make their life as commissioner as easy as possible, if you can, because um, but it's a lot of
2: time involved. As is the other side of that, though, is it's their job. So don't. Well, not their job, job. Well, in Wars – Well, okay. Well, Intel Intel wars is for- compensation. Um, no, my point being, a, a few times in leagues, I've had people say I didn't want to bother you, and they got a rule wrong or didn't do something. I said, no, if 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 you if someone signs up for the commissioner, be it voluntary or not, if you have a question, I look in the rules first. Mm-hmm. But if you have a question, that's what we're there. What's what they're there for too? I just I hate to see, and it's happened where someone I didn't want. I knew you were busy, and I saw you on Twitter that you had whatever, and you were busy. Well, I, I ask me the question. It's my job, you know. That's that's so. Sure. Uh,
1: but anyways. just uh,
2: yeah, just. Tr- but you know, if he sends but, out
1: the Constitution, read the Constitution. Yeah, right? but
2: look, look at the rules first, yeah. friends. It's not. It's the, I. I joke with Brian Walton. I joke with some of the people in the Tout Board. Uh, if we were to, you know, have a Tout Wars rules quiz, I'm not so sure that we'd have a everybody pass. <laughs> yeah,
1: I hear you there. It's. It's tough to get people to really know all the intricacies of your league rules, but mm-hmm. just try to, yeah, reach out to your commissioner if you have questions, but just try to make their lives uh, yeah, well, less complicated. Yep. Well, before we move on, quick uh, piece of business here. Hope you'll stay with us. We'll wrap things up afterward. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's Digital Casino. Take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today. Make a qualifying deposit and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. Also experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes. That have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription: visit rotowire.com/thrive, deposit a minimum of ten dollars, and receive a one hundred percent deposit bonus up to one hundred dollars. Then finally, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six month Rotowire subscription. So, Todd, I thought it was interesting. You know, you said that. You may be looking to to spend more aggressively up top of the player pool this year. I found that that didn't really work for me. Just had too many $1 to $2 players on there. I found it better to, you know, you want to have have balance in the categories pretty much in any league. But uh, in mixed leagues, sometimes it's not so important to have balance in terms of spending around your roster. I found it pretty important to uh, spread pretty evenly, but I'm excited to see how you're able to do do things with the more of an aggressive approach up top. I'm wondering though, do you have a, a difference in your pitcher to hitter spending split going from a, a mixed league to an AL or is it still roughly, you know, 60, 65, 70% hitters?
2: Well, um, well first I, I should say that I usually I mean $25 is usually the highest that I have spending in recent years. So I mean I was taking this to the I may go up to 29 uh you know I, I hardly spent 30. so even if i don't stick to this even if i even if i hit 35 dollars for my top player uh and because i do know that that um Gregor and and sean childs is in a labor and sean especially um is going to go out and spend early so mm-hmm. I, I i you know if he goes out and well actually i can't even say that i was gonna, I was gonna say if he goes out and buys Bo bichette then i know that maybe i can get a shortstop he'll he'll buy three shortstops if it, you know I mean, he's done that in the past so it's not even as if okay now I know who I can spend on with Sean he just, just buys the player so I know that at least one person will be out spending and spending pretty hard um, but right now my my preliminary split and I, I'll mention this real quick I've written about it on the site what I do is I write down uh, an estimated amount that I'll spend on each spot and if I, I $40 spot and if I spend $37, I will take $3 and I'll move it to another spot, depending upon who I have. I mean, if it's the first player, I mean, I'll, I don't know what, I'm, I'll probably move it to my next hitter and go 33. I don't know, but I shift around. So, and I could go from hitting to pitching, depending upon where I'm at uh, along those lines as well. But right now I'm at one ninety seventy, which is around a 73% hitting. And I don't go in with a set. I mean, I, I have a set, original plan. But there have been years I've gone 65 hitting and 60 hitting. It just depends upon what's available and what I'm comfortable with. There are some years where I'm just comfortable paying the the price on the upper pitchers and I'll get two or three of them and and that's where I end up. So, you know, even with this setup, I've got $25 as my top pitcher,
0: whether Mm -hmm. or not,
2: you know, we'll see if that goes down and i'm I'm someone that pays for saves in an, in an only league I'm the opposite in a mixed league in an only league I like my one closer and go from there I'm just not so sure you know who in the al is someone that you you, you, you you're, you're willing to pay 20 or 25 for okay Liam Hendricks. you know am, sure. am I gonna, you know in my but the thing about it is you don't want to be you don't want to buy the first guy because you, maybe the, Want to see what the prices are going to be. There is, you know, Chapman. I mean, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go through it in my head. I don't Romano. Uh yeah, romano is, probably
1: go for like 20-ish.
2: Yeah. So I'm looking more. I've got 25, 15, 10, 5. I'm looking more at 25 and 15 as two starters. And you know, I would I've been all, all over the Barlows. I wouldn't be surprised if I get one or two of the Barlows. And, uh, you know, go from there. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I also can go out. I, I've been an Andrew Kittredge type of type of I mean, I may go for Kittredge. And I'm trying to think of another um, maybe one of the Seattle guys that may get, you know, seven or eight saves and try to compete that way because there are trades in this league. So maybe I try to get a base of saves playing for 25 or 30 and then supplement as needed.
1: So you don't really have, like, a split in mind necessarily. I mean, you have a, a rough split in mind, but more so you do, like, how much you to expect it. to – well, yeah, you don't, you're not rigid about it, but you kind of yeah, have right. how much you expect to spend for each individual slot. Right, and That off. that
2: implies a split, yeah. uh, you know, wherever it happens to come out. I mean, I may like – there may I may like uh, – a starting pitcher may come out. I may like him at 28, yeah. and I may have to take three bucks from, from batting and because i don't want to take it away from another pitch you know whatever, you know i'm flexible in that regard but you now there have been years i've spent 55 45 depending upon again i haven't been all that successful lately so which is one of the and i don't think it's because of the inflexibility i just haven't i think it's just been too shy, shying away from the top too much um so i mean i've been i haven't finished in last every year but you know this is you want to win i mean i haven't won since yeah. 2016
1: you play to win the game. That's not that long ago. And plus you have a TGFBI title in that time, but um, no, that's good. I think you're, you're dead on that. Like you want to have a, a rough idea, but you don't want to be married to anything. You want to be, you know, fluid and be able to make some, you know, make some pivots because you, you got to plan and you're going to be punched in the mouth like a minute into this thing. So you got to be able to be flexible and, you know, adapt but uh, yeah, let me ask you another question more related to just auction strategy. When you're doing an auction draft, and this was a question James kind of proposed to me earlier. I, I was kind of on the fence about it because I, I like to think I, I do one way, but I'm kind of more the other way. Do you think it's important to be like active on every player, bidding on every player so that people don't know your tendencies? Or are you more comfortable just saying I'm, I'll bid on the guys I want?
2: I usually am a bit on the guy I want guy, but I mix it up though. I don't know; it's not strictly. I'm not in on everybody um, because we're remote. I think there's a little bit less of that going on because you may click a bid plus one or whatever it might be, and someone else already clicked it in, so no one even knew that you wanted a bid. Yeah. And, you know. So, and it's harder
1: to keep track of who's bidding when. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, but it's
2: I, I think I don't. I think you need to. I don't think you need to do. What Chris listed, and just get in on every single bid, because then it becomes—I mean, yeah, we know we know that you could want everybody. I don't think there's an advantage or disadvantage. It's nothing wrong. It doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt you at all. Well, maybe it think, can
1: hurt you in the sense that if you are doing it live and people can, you know, are seeing you and stuff. If you're only bidding on the guys you want, people can know to to drive. Oh you yeah, yeah. Bid
2: well, I do think you need to. Once in a while, I mean, more than once in a while. You don't need to be in on there everybody. There's something you at least need to
1: do some keep them honest. Bit. I mean, it's
2: better to be in on everybody than only bit on the guys you want. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, I yeah, I do think, and and once a draft, it, it sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But once or twice, I try. It's, it can't be done remotely. It just can't be. Obviously, what you hear what I'm going to say, I try to you know, fake that I really want this guy and someone else starts price enforcing and I drop him in his lap. You want to, you want to let the room know mm-hmm. that, yeah, I'm not, I mean, maybe it's on, maybe it's on Cole Calhoun. You know, maybe, you know guy that, that I'm known, maybe it's on a Red Sox player. Maybe mm-hmm. it's on Xander Bogarts that um, I've actually been drafting Bogarts a lot. So maybe, maybe people think I want Bogarts. So um there's ways to do it and do it live. You can't do it on the computer, but you say 22, 23 Before you even finish two, I say twenty three. Mm-hmm. In people's minds, Zola wants them because he got that yeah. bid in before someone else did. Whereas, I mean, if if it stops, it stops. But uh, you know, I want you to keep price enforcing, and it gets to twenty eight. Suddenly, Zola's not talking anymore, and you're like, damn it, I didn't really want him. Uh, I mean, that's price
1: enforcing. Yeah.
2: Now, yeah, I mean, price enforcing—it's one of the. To me, it's one of the. I don't want to call it a fallacy, but how many times have you heard after on the radio you interviewed the guy, the gal, and they say, "Well, um, yeah, I was price enforcing and so, but I was fine. You know, I was fine that I got him anyway." Well, that's not price enforcing. Yeah, yeah. If you price enforced your your would that you got the player, you mm-hmm. know, it, pr- price. I mean, it, there's a you know, and there's a big difference between. Well, he was going for 10 and he's a $30 player and it went to going twice. So I went 11. I price him. No, someone was going to go 11. But, but uh, yeah. yeah, to me, a true price and force is you're tilted if you get the player. I will bid up you know, in other words, it's a it's, it's guy maybe you don't really want, but if you're willing to accept him, it's not a price and force. So the other, I know we're talking sort of general auction. The other thing I, I think is kind of, I don't you know, fallacy or, or whatever is when you hear someone, well, I, I'm going to, my, my, first, my first um, nomination is going to be Garrett Cole. Cause I want to get money off the table. Money's already, oh, money's up, are, yeah, it's gone. Garrett yeah. Garrett Cole. If doesn't, if he does not get picked right away, it's he's, you're not going to get Garrett Cole for $15 because no one had any money left. It's gone that 35 or 40 bucks. It's gone. Um, if you want to get, if you want to get money off the table, uh, I'm trying to think of of a guy that you know maybe maybe you're not into chris sale because of the injury and so put him out there and that that might get a little bit more money I mean you want to, you want to get more money off the table to me money off the table means you throw the player out and he's the circumstances are such that he draws a higher price than maybe he would have later.
1: I hear you. Maybe like a hot prospect or something you throw
2: yeah. out early to get yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, maybe if I draft Bogarts, okay, I've got Xander Bogarts. I don't want any other good shortstop. To I don't want anybody else to get a bargain on a shortstop. I mm-hmm. mean, this is mixed leagues. It's you know because there's so many more of them out there, but I mean, I, I, I off the top of my head, you know, so I'm going to throw Semyon out there. If I get if I own Bogarts, if I have Bogarts on my roster, I'm I'm nominating Semyon. I don't want any shortstop to go at a price where i'm mad that uh i i should have waited and gotten this guy instead
1: i hear you i think that's smart and also with nominations you know it's i think it's smart to kind of use your nominations to gain information about costs and you have to it sounds it sounds obvious but yeah you gotta kind of you know you probably don't want to just completely not think about your nomination strategy you want to at least in draft think about hmm, maybe I should throw this guy out or this guy out just so I can gauge the market for various uh, positions
2: or categories. You have 12 opportunities every round to learn something other than, you know, purchasing players. So yeah, Mm -hmm. whether it's setting the market price, whether it's seeing what speed goes for Lenny Melnick is famous for throwing closures out because he doesn't buy the closures, So he wants to get the closures out there when everybody has their money. So they are paying top dollar. Um, so you know, if I'm in the NL league and I'll tell, I want to know the same thing, but I know Lenny's going to do it for me, so I can then focus on something else. Mm. Uh, I want to see what catchers are going to go for. Uh, yeah, I want to try to learn something. Or, like I mentioned, I will throw a player out there. who I'm just not interested in, and whether it's be injury or or any any other particular reason. Um, I'll, you know, I'll do that. And you want to either learn something or have the throw benefit, block another spot or, or something. Yeah. Just uh,
1: yeah, try to use that to gain more information about the, the market and what others are doing and how they're viewing things. Good luck tonight, Todd. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to make a bold prediction in that Bobby Witt gets thrown out among the first round of uh, nominations. I feel like somebody's gonna want to get that money off the table, and is not gonna be really interested in paying top dollar. So that'll be my that's my bold prediction for tonight. I uh, rooting you guys on, you Jason Collette, and James Anderson. I bowed out in favor of James just because I thought he deserved that spotlight, and uh, I think he's gonna do some some damage. Uh, we have a question in the chat, not really related to anything we've been talking about, but I'll just throw this at you since uh, Joseph was kind enough to chime in the chat. Jesse Winker or Fran Mill Reyes in a five by five OBP league? OBP strong lean. Yeah, Winker. Winker in an OBP.
2: Yeah, I, I guess maybe I should look up. I, I think Winker, I think Winker, first of all, outfield eligibility has more upside. Um I think Reyes I mean, it, it's a little bit of a category thing, but my my gut says winker, but um it's it is close and it may just come down. Do you need the power or do you need the OBP more? Yeah, um, I think that's exactly what it boils down to. Um, because, yeah, I
1: mean, I like Fran Mill, but he's a 325 career OBP. Yep. So you're definitely sacrificing some there if you go after the power. Winker is a great, great on-base guy. And uh, hopefully the power sticks around as well. Well, anything else on your mind today, Todd, before we wrap things up?
2: We'll mention labor, and uh, let's give our friends at, 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 at uh, Baseball HQ a plug. We're first both pitch. going to be participating in the first pitch forums uh, right before the labor draft. I'm doing a 10 minute. Uh, I don't know who my opponent is, but I'm going to be explaining why they're dumb by taking stop by taking closers early. Um, I have a, a moderating a panel about the infield on Saturday. And I'm also doing um, a panel with with Chris Olson about rules
0: mm-hmm. and
2: where people get to ask us. Um, you know, we, we're ready to fill in the dead spots of, of, of nobody talking, but people can ask us, you know, my, th- my, my league's thinking of going to saves plus holds. What do you guys think? Or would you like, you know, so they can, they can ask us about rules.
1: Oh, that's cool. I'm going to be on with um Mike Gianella from baseball prospectus, I think seven to 11 Eastern tomorrow. So we'll be just on a public zoom. I think Paul Spore is on seven to nine. So come hang out. We'll be real informal. Just, uh, reviewing drafts and shooting the breeze, talking
2: it's, baseball. So. Is that during the mixed auction? So that's that kind of in the background. Be, yeah,
1: yep. yeah. So we'll be evaluating that as it's going on live right, and just right. hanging in a public Zoom. So look for a, a tweet with that link. And yeah, thanks for all the insight, Todd. Good luck tonight, and hope you all join us next week on the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet.